Well, good evening. This is Britta Smith, the historian for the neurology section. I'm here with my new member of the historian committee, Debbie Struksma. And this evening we are here with Dr. Nancy Bill and Dr. Darcy Umfred for a dual interview here at CSM in rainy uh, Anaheim, California. So first question is, how do you two know each other? How do we not know each other? We've <laughs> uh, yeah, so we served on the board together in the California chapter many, many years ago and became, you know, sort of companions about going to the meetings together, serving on the board and becoming personal and professional friends and uh, traveling with other things besides professional meetings. A great friendship over many years. Absolutely. And our husbands get along. So that's even a nicer thing, you know, that because then we travel. And our kids. So her son lived with us for a while. He was wow. doing an internship in the Bay Area, and so he came and stayed at our house while he did part of his graduate studies and things like that. So we continue to see them. Her other son is our lawyer <laughs> <laughs> for, you know, planning, and he does retirement. Well, he is a... Estate planner. Estate planner. Mm -hmm. So he's our estate planner. So there you go. Wow. Yeah, so it's been... How many years do you think? Oh, yeah. At least 25, maybe? Or maybe even 30. I'm just yeah. trying to think, because we're getting older together. Okay. <coughs> so it's been a long time. Well, and we both were involved in our respective educational programs. So, right. You know, we... Mm -hmm. We were chair. It's the same yeah. time I was chair in San Francisco. She was chair in... UOP, <coughs> so that brought us together in other venues besides just the fact that we have fun traveling together. All right. Oh, wow. Well, Nancy, you became a physical therapist in 1963 and then got your MPH in 1968. And tell us about your first job. So my first job was at Children's Hospital in the East Bay. Children's now is part of UCSF, interestingly enough. And um, we worked 24 hours on call every other day. So we saw inpatients and outpatients, and the population was children with cystic fibrosis who were you know, in a pulmonary crisis. And then during the day, it was primarily kids with cerebral palsy and you know, other kinds of head injuries and things like that. And there were only two of us. So we were 24 on, 24 off, 24 on, 24 off. It was a very interesting first job, and uh, I learned a lot. And uh, I didn't have any children at that time, but I could see that there were some challenges in families that had children with chronic disease or developmental disabilities or even traumatic, often motor vehicle accidents because mm -hmm. somebody didn't put the child in a mm -hmm. car seat and you know things like that. So it was, it was challenging, and, and we over the years actually gave up our role in, in pulmonary mm -hmm. rehab and postural drainage, and that's what our 24-hour mm -hmm. on was, is uh, you know, making sure we were doing postural drainage around the clock. <clears throat> and then that ultimately went to you know, our, our um, you know, therapists who are just doing postural drainage. And I think we've missed something there. You know, there was more to drainage. There was talking about exercise and physical activity and posture and, mm -hmm. you know, breathing strategies, not just doing mechanical 
vibration and the drainage. But that was that was my first job after graduating from PT school. All right, Darcy, I've had a little difficulty finding out when you graduated from physical therapy I school. I graduated from the University of Washington in 68. And then right. I came, but I was from California, so I grew up in the Bay Area, like Nancy. And uh, so I came back to California. And uh, my first job was at Fairmont Hospital, which is a rehab facility in the Hayward area. And um, for me, it was just a wonderful experience because you know, the first <clears throat> time I met a gentleman in a vegetative state, uh, you know, I went to put my hands on him. You know, at that time, they were at the county hospital for maintenance until he died. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> so, you know, I went up and what, how, the, how the PT functioned there was you evaluated them and then you delegated range of motion to your aide. And I put my hands on to start doing range of motion testing. In my head, I heard, get me out of here. And I thought, okay, did I just hear that? You know, but I knew at one level I couldn't delegate him to the, because at one level he had talked to me, you know, at some level. And, um, you know, he was the first patient that I worked with that came out of the vegetative state. And, uh, you know, I had, three others at that facility do that. And, um, you know, it put me on an avenue of, of unknowns because, of course, people weren't supposed to do that. And, you know, I've been on that same adventure working with head injuries my whole professional life and probably have had 40 or 50 people come out of their vegetative states. You know, and I always know when it happens because usually I'm behind them working on postural system and their whole they just change, you know, I don't know if I, I'm just feeling energy, I don't know what, but I can tell that they're now here. And, uh, you know, that, that as a neuroscientist, I wanted to know what I was doing and how was it being done and can I explain this? And of course, I'm so far from explaining, I can explain components of it, but, you know, it's still beyond our understanding in science. But I think as a therapist, you know, it's well within our scope to have that happen. And so the, the scientist wants to know how and why and how do you explain it. And the intuitive warrior goes, just enjoy the adventure. You know, it's just, it's an honor to be part of somebody's life when that happens. So. Now, you chose to go into, after your, I believe after your first job, you chose to go into program development in terms of uh, starting physical therapy programs. Is that true? Actually, I went into the public health system and <clears throat> did public health hospital in San Francisco and worked there for several years and then went to a county facility. But when I came back to the Bay Area, mm -hmm. I went back to get my master's degree because that was when Social Security and um, Medicare and Medi-Cal, you know, was established. So I was very interested in participating in this sort of team effort to try to understand what national healthcare services were going to do and how physical therapists could actually play a role in that very early time folk, you know, time period of, of Social Security. And so in the, the Masters in Public Health at Berkeley, it was primarily physicians and there were no other physical therapists there, there were a couple of other health educators and things like that. So it was quite a, an experience to see that it's a team effort, you know, it's not, mm -hmm. 
you know, it's health policy, then it's a team of people working together, and it was really important, in my view, to have physical therapists be part of the team. So when I got my master's, I actually went to UCSF and called up the Division of Community Medicine, and I said, I think, I think you need me. And he goes, and, and why do I need you? And I said, well, you know, I've got my master's in public health, I'm a physical therapist, and you don't teach anyone in medical school about rehabilitation, and I think you need someone like me, you know, in your program. And he was so stunned that I would ask, you know, even propose that when he didn't know me, and I didn't know him either, that he interviewed me, and so I got my first job in community medicine, you know, after getting my master's. Now, is that when you started a therapy program there, or you were I was, more... I had nothing to do with the academic program of okay. physical therapy. So it started at UCSF in 1943. Mm -hmm. So I was on the Dean's Advisory Committee to the program, but I was not part of the program. Mm -hmm. And I was instead, you know, trying to participate as part of this interdisciplinary effort at UCSF to teach, you know, medical, nursing, pharmacy, and, and at that time, you know, trying to get PT to be part of that team of uh, bringing more comprehensive care to the clinic and primary care. Mm. So that's interesting. The vi so I guess my question is the vision that you saw back then, how, do you, how have you seen that sort of evolve? Could you foresee what we're in now in, in our healthcare system, could you foresee that back then? Was that some a vision as, as creating part of that team and, and kind of going into this new venture of Social Security and all these, this comprehensive health idea where we're at now? Is, is that the direction that you all originally had looked for? Well, that was kind of my goal because I knew the medical school didn't teach anything about rehab particularly nothing about PT, <clears throat> but isn't it interesting that it's taken almost 50 years right. for us to now have an interprofessional teaching component in the medical schools. Um, and, but my vision was that I would you know, try to broaden the thinking of you know, more traditional uh, physicians, and I was fortunate enough to marry a physician mm -hmm. who was a very traditional surgical practitioner who just couldn't imagine the medical school ever, you know, changing their approach. Um, but what was interesting is that I started, they had a um, kind of a campus-wide effort to try to get scientists to look at outcomes at that time, and I was the first director of this outcomes uh, study program through the University of California. And most of the scientific research were focused on you know, cellular physiology. They didn't really care whether you function better, you know, save your life maybe, but um, it, it's very interesting that it took so long. And then I was the evaluator for a new residency program that tried to combine primary care in pediatrics and internal medicine and create this interdisciplinary study for, you know, residents in medicine to kind of have a broader look at uh, how they practice healthcare. So, you know, we are now 50 years, almost 50 years later, that's kind of where we are. And I try to teach in the inter interprofessional program at UCSF. And that is a kind of a core new value, you know, within medical schools that everyone should learn who's on their team. 
So Nancy, do you think that the transition from a bachelor's to a master's, bachelor's <coughs> to a master's to a doctorate has that benefited the profession and in how our patients do our outcomes? I mean, I have a slightly different perspective than than Darcy. I, you know, a good researcher is a special person, um, mm -hmm. and that person is really partnered, I think, with a good clinician. Uh, and so, you know, I might have the skills to be the objective, you know, careful scientific investigator, but I might not have the ability. I, I might find and carry out my study and make a conclusion, but often integrating that finding into the clinic isn't successful. And, and when you're not somehow bridging that gap, either through a partnership or yourself, you know, continuing to have hands-on patient care interactions. Um, there is so much that we don't appreciate that comes from the patient, the motivation, the support of the family, the, you know, the intuitive drive of someone to want to recover. And I could do all the right things, but if I haven't really matched what the guidelines might be with this particular patient and that sensitivity, I'm not going to be successful. And I think we do see a lot of that. Um, my concern, and you know, I have a bachelor's degree in PT. Um, my concern is we've gone to this doctoral level education, which more evidence-based certainly. Um, but the kids are graduating with a huge debt one for this long period of study. But they're also uh, kind of wagging this degree, you know, in front of everyone, I'm a doctor, I'm a doctor, I'm a doctor. Like, that's the difference in, you know, um, your practice because you have, happen to have a professional doctorate, where I actually think it's this insightful, um, you know, intuitive problem solving where you take the facts, you take the science, and you take that sensitivity of applying it to the patient. And I, I think that's missing in some of our students. And I think they have great knowledge to some extent, but they're not packaging it up and applying it to the real person. You know, they're impatient. They're pushing something on a patient because that's what the study said, mm -hmm. and that's the evidence. But in fact, that patient is really not ready, or they're not in that phase of, of their recovery. Um, and we're not paying enough attention to that. And there's, you know, there's a sensitivity of caring and um, interpersonal skills. And I think that's the hardest thing to teach people who go into the health professions, whether it be PT or medicine. Um, and it's hard, and when you don't have it, it's even harder to teach it, you know, to someone who just doesn't have that sensitivity. But I think we're becoming much more aware of how important those you know, patient uh, behavioral characteristics are for making us successful. And I think we practice just as much psychology as we do physical therapy. And <clears throat> sometimes I wonder, am I really a physical therapist? I mean, what is it that I do differently? But the first is to listen, which I think is what Darcy is saying. Whether you listen through your hands or you listen through, uh, Bialis was saying, asking the question. Um, if you don't ever ask the question, you don't really hear what the patient's thinking. And sometimes you don't ask the right questions. And you have to kind of ask it in a different way until finally they kind of spill the beans about what they're concerned about, what they're worried about. 
and you know the evidence isn't really what's going to make me successful with that patient it's really listening and then trying to bridge it together this concludes the shortened version of the interview with nancy bill and darcy umfred download the full interview to learn more about nancy's work with persons with parkinson's disease and each of their visions for the next 10 to 15 years of the physical therapy profession also please check out the solo interview with darcy if you'd like to hear more about her career thank you for listening
you know, motor programs are not driven by sensory, so we don't need to be paying attention to sensory anymore, which has got to be one of the, my opinion, one of the stupidest statements anybody can make. But it shows us, you know, taking the research and saying a motor program is a motor program, and it can run automatically. 